Moth Gideon. You have something I want. You may think you have some idea what you are in possession of, but you do not. Soon, he will be back with me. He means more to me than you will ever know. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Force Time. My name is Travis and today I am here with Nick Peroni. Nick Peroni and we are here to talk about the season two finale chapter 16 the rescue this right now spoiler warning we're doing full spoilers and there is a lot of them in this episode so i'm guessing if you clicked on this to listen to it you already know that but spoiler warning right up front because it's very spoiler heavy also like we've been talking about every single mandalorian episode so far this season the trans rights are human rights this is the way fundraiser is at eighteen thousand five hundred dollars right now really close to that new goal of twenty thousand dollars when we first started doing this i think it was close to thirteen thousand and it has really grown in the last couple weeks and by the end of the year really trying to get that to twenty thousand so we are going to post that in the show notes that benefits the transgender law center and was started by Candace Cobb of the Geeky Waffle, Maggie Lovett of the Star Wars Friends podcast, and Eric Eilerson of Utini podcast. So shout out to them for really pushing this all season. And yeah, very close. So if you can donate or share, that would be much, much appreciated by everyone. So like I said, chapter 16, The Rescue, directed by Peyton Reed. Last episode we left off, The Mandalorian has Moff Gideon's coordinates. He sends him a super menacing message saying, I'm coming for you, coming for the child, which all week we kind of speculated why would he give him that much of a heads up, right? But Mm -hmm. this week didn't seem to matter too much. He goes and finds Bo-Katan, gets a little bit of help. They infiltrate the ship. They have a fight. The dark troopers come out of nowhere. And at the very end, they drop the bomb on us. Luke Skywalker is back in Star Wars. He comes, he saves the day, and at the very end, Din says goodbye to his little buddy, his little pal, Grogu, as Grogu heads off with Luke Skywalker. So, Nick, overall, overarching thoughts, what what did you think about this episode as a whole? So, I've, I've, I've been trying to grasp it all day. I've watched it five times now, the whole episode, and I've watched the last like 10 minutes, like another 10 times. First off, first and foremost, the score and that man, if he doesn't win Grammys around Grammys or Emmys upon Emmys or Oscars upon Oscars or whatever award you get for this, the the way he hits everything, the way he, I mean, I think there was dubstep in there. I mean, <laughs> the way he did everything. So shout out to um, Love. Yes, um, absolutely. First and foremost. But, um, you know, the episodes start out just a tad slow for me. And then I was a little bit bothered by, again, how easy it was to infiltrate this giant fortress. <laughs> and it's almost kind of been comical for me. Uh, we could talk about this in a different episode, a whole, you know, what's the point of stormtroopers and having this grand army that's uh, completely worthless at some time. <laughs> Moff knows that they're coming, and he's like, hmm, a random, a random ship just appears, and they're in distress. Let's, you know, obviously, they didn't want to let them in, but anyways, here and there. Um, so that, I will say, if I'm, if I'm picking something that bothered me about the episode, is that how easy they got aboard. But once they were on the board, I mean, it was like four minutes of just destroying of stormtroopers, and then we got the dark troopers. Well, I think we talked before how much I'm a fan of the dark troopers and, and legends, and I feel like now... You know, I feel like kind of like an idiot. Everything was pointing towards Luke, but yet I think it's just, I don't know if it's just human nature or that we all just got to 
you know, oh, it's going to be Cal Kestis, which really honestly doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's Quinlan Voss is coming, um, you know, again, for Star Wars nerds, maybe that makes sense, but to everyone else, that wouldn't be a, a that wouldn't be the the feels and the gravia if Quinlan Voss showed up. And they were setting it up for us. I mean, the Dark Troopers, the it, the only person that could have saved the day was Ahsoka, and Ahsoka sent her sent them to find someone else. But all signs pointed to Luke, and I think we even talked about this before. There was times in me that I didn't want it to be Luke because. And I love Luke Skywalker. You know my affinity for Luke Skywalker. It's one my my childhood hero. But when the X-Wing showed up, I mean, oh my gosh. I was just blown away seeing that green lightsaber light up in that in the hallway. You know, giving us little nods to, you know, whatever, the Darth Maul and Clone Wars hallway scene, the Darth Vader Rogue One hallway scene. Everything about that was amazing. I, I like The Last Jedi and I like the, and I don't hate the sequels. And I think that is just what everyone wanted to see. And it doesn't mean whatever Luke did in The Last Jedi wasn't heroic, wasn't everything that he is, whatever that Luke Skywalker represents. And that's just my opinion. Uh, I like everything that we got from Luke in those movies. I've had my issues with it, but I've come to I've come full circle and I'm fine with it now. And everything that I've read and everything that I've heard about has, we loved it. I cried. Whatever you want to uh, say to it, but uh, all the feels to me, it just really, really brought me back to my childhood. I think I, I told you that. I, it, it, I felt like I, it's just so cliche and stupid. I felt like a kid watching Return of the Jedi like I did a thousand times. And at the very end, when I see Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, I can't wait for Christmas to watch the uh, gallery to see what they did and how they did it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see that for sure. Which is yeah, in one week, and it's a one part thing. So yeah, a little bit different than the the first one we got. But yeah, there's gonna be a lot hopefully that we get from that. I woke up at six a.m. this morning, like I have all all season long, and watched it on my phone like I have all season long, even though I have been told multiple times, Hey, you need to watch it on TV the first time, especially shout out, Brian. I know you're listening. You've been telling me that the whole time and I haven't listened. I woke up, watched this episode and I honestly did not know what to think about it. And I was a little iffy on a lot of it. I think during the episode, I was just, like you talked about the, you know, they get into that ship super easy where, and I guess, and it's probably just my fault for having more of a, you know, in my head, there's more of a buildup than maybe there really was of how he was going to find Moff Gideon and get on the ship and all that. And that's just, they kind of just do it. So that kind of, it kind of took me out of it a little bit this morning. And then seeing Luke and that whole thing, I, I didn't know how to feel at that moment. I, I was on the other hand where like, I honestly, in the sequels, I didn't need to see that stuff, I guess. I, I, and I didn't expect it either. You know, this is a older Luke. It is, you know, I didn't expect him to come out and have this huge like battle and stuff for me. I didn't, I really didn't need that. So seeing it here, I was like, oh damn, like that's, really cool but in my head i was like what what like really because we we have talked about that we we speculated about that that luke could be could show up you know he's a wild card he, he might show up so i really had to sit with it for a while and i stayed off of social media for a good hour or so and just thought to myself how do i feel because i feel like a lot of times we watch the show or we watch what's new and then we go straight to Twitter or we go straight to whatever and see what everyone else is saying about it. And that instantly shapes how you start thinking about it. Cause people find flaws that you might not have noticed or they find other things or, you know, just kind of like we talked about with the rise of Skywalker, you know, walking out of that and then it's, you don't know how to feel. And so that's kind of where I was. So I sat with it and then I watched it again on the big screen with the sound bar and that second watch, I was super emotional. And the ending, Grogu is separated from Din, which, look, everything that they did in this episode 
shouldn't have come as a surprise. It was it was spelled out from the beginning. I mean, they hammered it. This is my quest to do this, to find a Jedi, to get Grogu to a Jedi. They hammered it into us all season. But even then at the end, I was like, wait, like this, this feels like the end of an era. And it's, it, which is weird. It's been two seasons, you know, they're not, they're not father and son. They, they haven't been together for that long. They do have a very special bond, but they're not father and son. So I think that first time I watched it, I was just, it was just so much, you know, Luke was there and then they get split up at the end. And it's just like, wait a second, like, wow, like that's how it ends. But then I watched it again and man, I was so emotional, like embarrassingly emotional. The other times that I watched it today where I was just like, wow, that is really, really good. So I, I am glad I really sat with it. I'm glad I watched it again because yeah, after that first time I was like, uh, I just, I, I honestly didn't know how to feel, but yeah, it ended exactly how they were pretty much telling us it was going to end all season and it and it made sense story-wise the whole thing so yeah i'm sad you know that it's over uh the season is over and that you know we're done kind of with the the mando and grogu storyline but very excited to uh, you know obviously what they've what they've kind of set up about it so yeah it almost felt like not... a series finale like like, like yeah. that could have been the series finale yeah. Like the way and, that it happened, because we all know what happens in the future. We've all seen these movies and we know what's going to happen. And then we know that these other shows that they announced at the, the investor presentation are all going to take place simultaneously. And then we'll, we get to the end and we see the date and we're like, all these things are running concurrently. And I know we got confirmed season three but have we they didn't mention it the investor present like i was like okay so is this the end kind of and it's just kind of like kind of everything else becomes a side story in these other shows sort of like it it, it almost felt like yeah. a series finale to me like, for a moment like the second time or third time i watched it i'm like i was i caught myself thinking and go wait a minute is this over now yeah i know there's still more story to be told obviously but like it, it so, and that's, and I think that that's great storytelling. I mean, I just really think like, I don't know, man, I, I was amazed. And I mean, him touching Den's face, I mean, good gosh, pass me the Kleenex. I mean, you know, and it's just a, such a callback to Return of the Jedi, you know, <laughs> Grogu's basically saying for once, let me look at you with my own eye, you know, like, like, that's like, that's like what I felt there for that scene. I don't know, man. I, all the feels. Yes, hundred percent. It was it was very emotional, and yeah, we really need a we need a timeline from from uh, that Disney investor presentation on when all of these things are releasing and when they're coming out because yeah, it was kind of confusing. I think a lot of people thought that as well, but yeah, I'm pretty sure there's still a season three Mandalorian and plus the Boba Fett thing. And the fact that they're both coming out in December. Yeah. It was like, it wait, seems weird. Like what? two shows a week. Like, I, I, yeah, it doesn't seem I mean, it doesn't go it. with or I, yeah, I'll take it. Give me, give me the range of the new Republic and Ahsoka Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, I'll, I will, I'll watch it and we'll talk about it and be completely happy. But yeah, it, it just feels weird. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But this episode, it gave us a lot. We, we open up with the Dr. Pershing scene and they take the ship and then we go, basically when they went to, to find Bo-Katan, when they landed at this place, it reminded me of Iowa because it didn't have corn fields, but it had like, it looks almost like Iowa or like Missouri rural area. I'm from Iowa. So that's why I say that. But then it had like the, the silos and everything. And so they go to this bar. Let's just talk about Bo-Katan, Mandalore, Koska Reeves, because we get that right off the bat where they, they're starting to set up where we're going in the, in the opening scene, which, which we probably should have seen coming earlier on as well. But I was, Extremely happy that Bo-Katan was back. Koska Reeves is back as well. Axe Woves must be off fighting other people, doing some other good stuff because he was not there. But yeah, Koska Reeves is amazing. Like she, the way she called out Boba Fett first and she said, I didn't know sidekicks were allowed to talk, which was very meta because it was very 
that's Boba Fett hardly talked at all in the original trilogy. And so the fact that she's saying that as an in-universe character was really good. But then she just kicks his ass and takes him down, which I thought was great because it just it takes everything you think you know, you know, and it's it's just like the Mandalorian, you know, coming into even season one is like, oh, this he's gonna be this awesome warrior that's gonna take down everybody. And then he gets his butt kicked by the Jawas, you know, in the second episode. So I really like that. And Koska Reeves just had a couple one-liners throughout. But then Bo-Katan basically offers Mando to come with them if he completes his quest. And when Mandalorian, or when Mando brings up the child again, this is the third episode in a row where he's he says, they have the child. And everyone's ears perk up when that happens. And so I think a couple episodes ago, it was Cardoon. And then last episode, it was Mayfeld. And then now it's Bo-Katan. And they're all just like, when they hear that, their ears perk up and they know how important that is. And so then he brings up Moff Gideon and that he has his coordinates. And Bo-Katan makes a comment that if she gets the Darksaber back, she can restore Mandalore. What bothered me about that first scene is so when she first meets Din, she goes this whole thing about, you know, basically there's more than one way to be a Mando. And then when Fett's there, you know, they make a big deal about who he is and how he's not a true Mandalore. But it's we've come to this thing where there's all these different little sects and problems with Mandalore. I don't know that that just bothered me a little bit because who cares that he was a clone, you know, like when Din saw him and he showed him his chain code, he's like, Oh yeah, you were a foundling. Okay. I get it. You know? And then when Bo's talking to him, you know, there's just like this inconsistency and then they're fighting and she's like, if we all fought like this, you know, the empire would have never taken over Mandalore to begin with, you know? So it's, I don't know. That one little thing kind of bothered me. It's like, how can you, how can you say there's different ways to be a Mandalore, but then not accept Boba Fett? I think that's the problem with Mandalore in general is that they've been yeah, even if she got the yeah even but, even if she got the died dark saber they they can't unite. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you know they they they're, they've had the dark saber many of times trying to unite that dang planet, and it can't be done. It seems like. I mean, obviously, I think that's the only way that these next seasons are going forward with the whole retaking of Mandalore and the sex fighting each other. And I think we're going to get what we've talked about, like more into those those stories, the, the night of a hundred thousand tears or whatever. And um, anyways, just just something that bothered me a little bit. Like you can't claim to be the heir apparent to Mandalore and still want to fight among Mandalorians. So like, you know, what what is she going to fight again when she ever the Den and the armor come back around? And they're just going to fight against those 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 believers. Well, know. with Din, when she first met him, she was more annoyed. She wasn't like, "You're not a real Mandalorian." She was just like, "Oh, like you're an over the top like zealot." And yeah, with Boba Fett, it's like you didn't help us. Like you weren't you didn't fight with us. You weren't part of the watch. Din Djarin was you know like you were off doing your own thing being a bounty hunter which I think is kind of the point to make twofold to make Bo-Katan an antagonist almost in this episode obviously she's part of the squad of heroes that helps out but she does kind of do some things begrudgingly but it really sets up Boba Fett too for what we see in the end credits where it's like yeah Boba Fett's all nice and friendly you know right now because he he made this deal to get his armor back but like he's not just cool you know like he's not he's not gonna join the mandalorians and go fight and and take back mandalore like no he's a bounty hunter like that's that's the point like now he's in charge probably of a cartel is what it kind of feels like with the end credits is that you know it's setting up that underground like okay he's taking jabba's place type deal so i think that was part of setting everything up was that little dig at boba and i i really loved but hated the line where she's like he's like this was my father's armor and she's like you mean your donor is like ooh, like that that was deep like that was rough like why would you go there you know like that was um and she did say that she she's heard that voice in or i forgot how she said it i've heard that you know because she's talking about clones and so obviously she has a problem 
because the clones obviously helped destroy Mandalore. So, I mean, that could be her main issue with, with Boba. I mean, I think that's kind of what she was saying there, but um, you know, I've heard that voice a thousand times or something or whatever she said, you know, I don't know that um, this, this bothered me a little bit and maybe I'm just overthinking it. So then we, then we go to the ship and she brings it up a couple times. So we should have seen it coming at the end about the dark saber and, and what went down, but she brings it up a couple times where like Gideon's mine like make sure I get Gideon. He needs to surrender to me. And so she, she brings that up a couple times throughout and then they, they land in the ship. Then it cuts to the dark troopers and that music with the dark troopers. That was like the cool. I, I hope everyone enjoyed that in the intro of this show because that music was just like, Whoa, like we are like, it's, it's definitely going down this episode where from that moment on, it was just the pace kind of picked up and everything just kind of took off after that. Fennec Shan roundhouse kick. I will watch that on a loop forever. I think she's the coolest character ever. So then we get Mando. He's sneaking through the ship right as the dark troopers have finally warmed up because they're keep they're being kept in like a cooling area i guess and they have to warm up before they can take off so they only have a few minutes right as he's getting there he goes to like shut the door and because he gets there just just like two seconds too late and the dark troopers hands grab the door and get out just one of them and so we get this fight between them. And I thought this was so good because the dark trooper is just going to town on Mando's helmet and it's not, it's going back into the wall, but obviously it's not denting the helmet. Like I'm sure his head's shaking around a little bit, but man, that Beskar, like that fight was, it was so cool. Yeah, it was, it, it was amazing. Yeah, the, like the brutality of him just beating that helmet. I mean, it's just like I kept like waiting for it to like dent or something. Like I was just like, okay, this is the time. This is the time. This is the time. And uh, yeah, the living snot that he was. Just, I mean, it was a brute, a brutal scene. But um, you know, like I said, that again, that was setting up. Like no, even if even if Luke didn't come, Moff was right those everyone in that room was going to be dead. There's no way they, they obviously they wouldn't have, yeah. I mean, maybe they could have got a couple of them with the best scarf steel, the, the, the spear, but they, they were all, they, they all would have been dead. He even, you know, uses the fire to try to do something without like all that does is just warm him up even more. It seems like, cause it doesn't do anything to that dark trooper. And so then he does finally get the best through the neck of the dark trooper. He hits the airlock for the rest of the troopers. So at this point it's it's like, Oh great. Like there go the dark troopers. Like this is going to be easier than we thought at that moment. I thought in my head, I went straight to rogue one with K2 SO. He has that line where he's like, you know, if we all go out, I don't remember if it's an airlock or what it is, or if the window gets blasted out, whatever it is, he's like, I would survive or I could survive, you know, in space because he's a droid. And so when they went out, I was just like, they, they have to come back. It can't be that easy. Cause at that moment it felt like, dang, really? That's, that's it. And then we get Mando finding the child with Gideon standing over him with the dark saber. And this scene was so good. Giancarlo Esposito is so freaking good in this entire scene. And a lot of how he talked and how he moved his head and kind of smiled, it really reminded me of Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi when he's talking to Rey and he's basically like, let the past die. The dialogue, way different. But the acting, when he says... I see your bond with him, take him. And he like pauses in between that. He like moves his head a little bit. If you are out there listening, go watch that part again, really closely. Just Giancarlo Esposito in this entire scene and all that we've got from Moff Gideon too. And I really hope we get more, but he has been, he was my, my most interesting when we did our speculation episode, he was, he was my number one character that I was looking forward to getting to know more of. And man, he just, he killed it in every scene that he's been in, in this, in this show. So I was really, really happy with that confrontation that they had. 
Yeah, he um, he got me to be honest. Like I when I'm watching that scene, I really thought. I mean, I know that obviously, I knew it'd be silly to think that he was just going to walk out of there. But I kind of really honest was like believing him. Like, okay, yeah, he got what he wanted. And then I thought what I was thinking of that scene was like, oh, he's going to get. Excuse me, he took the child, and when he gets out there, Bo's going to be pissed that he didn't. Right. That, she, that he didn't capture her, and and Kara's going to be pissed because he didn't capture him. Because Kara says something later on the bridge, like, "Oh, he's alive. The New Republic's going to pay you double now." Like, I don't even remember that being like a thing, like a like that he had a bounty on his head or something, or like I don't remember them making an exchange. If you help me catch him off, Gideon, you know, she had said earlier, "I can't get involved," and now all of a sudden, the New Republic's going to pay him double. Like yeah. what? And where's um, the New Republic? If they wanted Moff Gideon so bad, where have they been trying to find him? Like, yeah, you know, why wouldn't they get him? I mean, yeah, but yeah, I, I, he the, to what you're to po- on point what you're saying. The acting that he was doing was was really well because I just didn't think that he was going to do that. And once he did it, then I was like, oh yeah, he mentioned it in the interview that he had trained so hard and that you'll see some physicality to the character. I was like, okay, this is it. And um, it was really cool because you could see, I mean, not that Ahsoka and um, Morgan Elsbeth yeah, um, were fighting. You never saw the burning, like the, the heat of the blades, of Ahsoka's blades making the Beskar steel look like it's going to melt. And I don't know if it's just the dark saber because it's a designed, specifically designed Mandalorian uh, lightsaber that maybe had more effect on the be- the, the uh, Beskar than... A normal lightsaber? I don't know. And then as soon, I wish, I mean, I could, as soon that he bested Moff Gideon, I was like, oh, no. Bo-Katan's going to be angry. He's the he's the ruler of uh, Mandalore now. Because even after that, I said, oh, no. And then when he walked in the door, I'm like, no, Dan, what are you like? <laughs> you didn't have to... <laughs> Just have it the blade drawn and holding it through the door. You just you know fell on the ground. You could have just had it and handed it to her, you know. But you know you went through there, you know, with well, it. Well, let's talk about that though, because yeah, we get this amazing fight and Den Besson, and that that fight is it's like right up there with some of the best fights that we've seen with you know lightsabers, duels, and everything in Star Wars. For me. This fight was everything at least that I needed. I didn't need it to be like five minutes long. I didn't need anything like that. Just something that we knew it was coming. And man, the Mandalorian, some of his moves were just so cool. He kicked the Beskar pole like over his shoulder and finally takes down Moff Gideon. So then Moff Gideon has that line, you're sparing my life. Well, this should be interesting. And I didn't pick up on him now being the rightful ruler to Mandalore because all I've ever known about the Darksaber has not really said that maybe in the Clone Wars, but the last we saw it in Rebels, Sabine basically handed it to Bo-Katan is like, Hey, this is yours now. And so I, we get that now. And then they, he takes Moff Gideon into the bridge around everyone else. And yeah, he walks in. And he's like, "It's yours now, the dark saber. It belongs to you." Which was another. Yeah, it's almost like it was his plan. Like, like he, like he knew he was going to get bested, and like this would be like the last dig at you know this Mandalorian or Bo-Katan. Like he kept saying, "She wants this." Like, yeah, it's almost like he knew he was setting it up for her to be to it, not have it. It felt weird. He was basically said, "It must be won in battle." she would need to defeat you in combat now, which yeah. I get. I mean, it's, another, that. it's another Mandalorian weird thing and everything. And I love, I love the Mandalorian where he's like, it, I yield, take it. You know, <laughs> it's really yeah, funny. Yeah. That was like probably the yeah. funniest part of the funniest part of the episode. But I, the way he explains it is it makes a little bit more sense where he says the dark saber doesn't have power. The story does, which Obviously, maybe that's why they learned their lesson from, you know, their time in Rebels with Sabine handing it to him. Like they thought 
that it was just the dark saber, but no, it's like maybe Sabine should have had that since she got it, you know? So it's, I don't know. I yeah, was, yeah. and and now, now Bo won't break this creed. It seems like it's another creed, you know, it's like, where do they, where do they draw the line? Why does it have to be? I mean, it sets up for a, a very interesting story and obviously it sets up what the, where they're going to go going forward. But I, yeah, I'm going to have to do some more digging on that. It didn't take me out. Like I, I'm fine with it. I get it. It moves the story forward. It's just one of those weird, like I need, we, we've talked about Mandalore so much this, <laughs> this season, obviously. And I've said it a thousand times. Like I really need, to dig into the Mandalorian history of all the different sects and all the different clans and how everything has been fought and what we actually know, like in Canon, but I just have not been able to other than what we're getting here. So I don't know. I was, I was like, that's a, that's a thing now. Like they fly now. Like that's a thing. So I don't know. That's fine. No, I mean, yeah, I, I remember it from, Clone Wars and, uh, you know, um, previously fighting, fighting Darth Maul. And that's what led to that original, like, crap, we have to follow this guy now. I mean, he's the ruler. I mean, that, like, that's, and they followed him for a long time. And then maybe when the first time when Sabine gave her and she was reluctantly, she reluctantly took it, you know, maybe obviously that, that fell on deaf ears when she went back. Look, I have the, I have this and, People were like, yeah, yeah so like, what? You didn't, you didn't win in battle, did you? I don't know if we really, you know, and it just caused more grief. Right. Like, like maybe she's learned her lesson. I can't, I have to earn this this time. I have to beat Moff Gideon to get this, to earn the respect to actually wield it. And now Din can, and I, don't, I just don't see her. I mean, she did do some, some bad things in Clone Wars. I mean, she did, she was a bad person for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, so maybe she tries to fight Den, and then we get uh, a we get a Mandos that take their helmet off, or Mandos that don't take their helmet off, uh, you know, battle, you know, and we get to see the armor again, you know, and they and they fight for a while because I mean that's that's that's, where the story's going. Yeah, and we went we went the entire season two with no armor, which was really kind of surprising. I I I really I don't know maybe I thought it didn't think about it enough but i legit thought she was going to be in this season i thought she would be be in this episode i really thought this episode was going to start with him talking to the armor and us seeing that conflict that he's going to have to tell her that he broke his creed and now especially now and it's like where where is the armor how many children of the watch are left because as far as we know the armor is the only one right we don't physically see any other ones we know all their armor was there so we know the armor is out there but yeah it's it's uh there's there's so much so many directions that this could go and i i really it the more i thought about it the more i was excited for next season and where it goes because this episode like we talked about kind of felt like the the end of an era for sure which is super sad but it made sense and i talked Kara, who's been on this show a lot this season two, she she said, you know, she was kind of trying to talk me through it at first. And she was basically like, it, it couldn't go on. Like Mando and Grogu, they can't go on their entire lives together. Like it's too dangerous for the Mandalorian to, to have this child. People are always going to be after him. He doesn't know how to train him. Grogu needs somebody to harness those you know his abilities and not use them for evil at least so it it made me feel uh a little bit better about the separation at the end it may it makes sense that's the thing this entire thing where it was leading just just really made sense but back to the story this is where the alarms go off now and there's like an intruder alert basically and they're like how many life forms are on the way and Fennec Shan's like none. So that's when we know the dark troopers are back and the dark troopers come in and I timed it on one of my, because the tension from this moment on really the whole episode, but really this moment on the tension was so high and just high strung where they come in, they're punching the door to get into the bridge 
for a minute, a full minute of punching. Like Moff Gideon has his line, you know, like we're all going to be dead, but it, it just keeps, keeps going on and on until we get that alert of there's an incoming ship. And then we see the X wing and then we see Luke's journey that we kind of talked about going from his X wing through the halls, taking him out, all the dark troopers giving us just another iconic moment. And it, it gives us hints along the way. When I was watching it with my daughter, when she saw the X-Wing, she said, I was like, who do you think that is? And she said Ahsoka, because we had seen Ahsoka a couple episodes ago. And then inside, now we get the lightsaber. So we know for sure it's a Jedi. I wasn't 100% sold on who it was because I was like, are they really doing this? But they kept giving us hints. They kept giving us, first it was the X-Wing, then it was the lightsaber. And then it was the green lightsaber that you know they ignited the green finally then you get a little brief look at his belt and then you get a close-up of the glove and then finally it's revealed after he takes everybody out and walks through that's luke skywalker and the way that they built that up was was just really well done and like shout out to peyton reed because i know that his episode earlier this season wasn't a lot of people's favorites and the fact that he got to come back and do another one i think he really knocked it out of the part but yeah the way the way grogu's ears perk up when that x-wing comes in and the way he's watching the screen the whole time and kind of holding on to the screen the way they turn their heads when luke walks in just just so good yeah we, we've talked about it that yeah the that the amazing of what he did and then i mean it looked fine it looked perfect i mean it was luke skywalker and it was his voice. It's. And, I think it's another it one. It was a different actor. It was a different actor from uh, a British actor, I believe. But I mean, I, what, like I said, we can't wait to see how how he did it. But like, I'm sure he recorded the lines and they yeah. used his, you know, face whatever to, to put on the actor. But I mean, I thought it was perfect, perfect. I, and then part two coming afterwards. I mean, good gosh. I mean, like you're already like, I'm already emotional. And then R2 comes. Cause it was funny. Cause Groku was very hesitant to leave still. And then when R2 came on, you know, like it was just like his, his lovable, you know, inquisitive nature. He was like, Oh, Hey, what's this guy? You know, like what's let's, let's and I wish there was close captioning about it with R2 or C because 3PO wasn't there to translate uh, what he was saying. I took it as Grogu recognized him and R2 recognized Grogu. That's how I took it. Cause yeah, he was, he was still hanging on to the Mandalorian's leg Mm -hmm. at that point where the Mandalorian set him down and was like, go ahead, little man. And he was still holding on to his leg until R2 came around the corner and beeps. And it, 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 in my head, it was Grogu, like, and then he kind of came up to him. And he's like, "Is that you?" And then he's like, "Is that is you?" And he like kind of started shaking and everything. I was like, "That in my head, like they recognize each other." And so then there was a lot of speculation: Did R two save him from the temple? Like maybe that's how maybe that's how Grogu got out. You know, it's like I, in my head, I was like, "Is he have a compartment big enough to store Grogu?" Was Grogu on the ship with Anakin as he went to Mustafar? Did uh, Obi Wan and Yoda? have him at the end who knows but yeah i really felt like that was a reunion of sort and it was like oh like no it's safe you know because i he wouldn't have recognized luke by any means but then once r2 it's like oh okay like this this dude's legit so yeah i thought that was that was a really good moment but yeah that the scene with pedro pascal taking off the helmet to show his face and the way baby Yoda is rubbing his helmet, rubbing his face. And man, I would have never in a thousand years guessed that I would be getting that emotional two seasons in to this episode where it started in last year in season one with them touching fingers. And now we're at the very end of their story of them being together all the time, at least. And yeah, the whole, the whole thing was, was super emotional. I'm, you know, he, he does say he'll see him again. You know, he promises. And I I imagine they're going to run into each other at some point, but he also says, don't be afraid 
to him. And that was such a Shmi Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, like don't turn back, you know, do your thing. It was that emotional kid leaving his parent type situation. And it was, yeah, it was, it was emotional. It was sad. Still just tear up thinking about it, to be honest. Yeah. I think to be honest, I think I told you, I mean, I think it would be really cool. I mean, I don't know how you could fit it in like a, like a training session between Luke and Grogu. And then just like Luke and Yoda on Dagobah, when he's, you know, trying to get the, you know, learning and he's telling him you can see the future. And then he sees that Han and Leia are, are in pain. And that's why he decides to leave to go save them. I think that would be cool if we had like, like a, a scene like that where Luke's training Grogu and Grogu senses his dad or, you know, the person he cares about the most in trouble, you know, and that and maybe Den's about to die or, you know, some other Mandals are beating the living hell out of him or whatever it is, or he's about to die. And then Grogu shows up with his green lightsaber and it lights or something. And that's the end of a season or an, or, or a, yeah. A cliffhanger to the end of the episode. I mean, like, I think everyone would lose their S again if Grogu showed up with a lightsaber to save his dad, you know, so. You see, people laughed at me. People laughed at me all summer when I kept talking about that Grogu was going to get a lightsaber at some point, and now we're probably only a season or two away from it, but I next, think that... Yeah, next time I, we see him, he'll have one. There's no th- question about it. I think that for sure he will be able to sense the Mandalorian. Well, one thing that I was surprised that never did, did he give him the ball? Did he, did the ball ever come up? I watched it three times a day. Did no. he ever give him that gear shift ball? See, that's, that's the one thing where I was no, like, that would have been a cool thing. That would have been, would have been cool to give him. But yeah. He had it in his pocket from when he picked it up from his ship blew up, but yeah, he never gave it to him. Yeah. They made such a point of that little gear shift ball. And then it just, nothing happened with it i was like maybe i missed it but okay yeah definitely didn't miss it but yeah that that whole that whole ending scene super emotional and when he touches den's face it's that little soft music that we got you know when he was staring at the eggs in the second episode this season and yeah just the whole the whole thing was was super emotional and then we get a luke may the force be with you and then Din watches as he carries him away. Din starts crying. I start crying again. And then he has a little bit of a smile. Doors close. Season two. Over. Not ready for it to be over. But yeah, that the more I sat with it, the more more okay I was. Like that was the point of season two. And yeah, he, he finished he his quest. And, and it, he's not and he's not in uh, the character is too important. Like it, this isn't the end. Mm-hmm. He's not in, you know, 20 years from now when, when Kylo kills all Luke's students, he's not there. And I think that's the, the him, them setting up. I'll see you again. I promise. Or whatever, you know, if uh, what I said comes to fruition, he leaves the order to, to come help Den or, or he has his own thing. He doesn't die at the hand of Kylo Ren. And obviously we know that not all the Jedi there's Jedi that do survive that Luke's yeah. temple being destroyed. So, yeah. I mean, uh, but I, I, I think that's the, I mean, it's 20 years from now. So, I mean, there's tons of, tons yeah. of stuff that can happen oh, no. in 20 years. Grogu is going to be, Grogu will likely show up in every single show that they can make, make sense because they're, yeah, yeah we're, we're not done with Grogu for sure. We're done with, with this quest and it, I would love an animated sense. series from this on, from this point on. Like, yeah, if they, I mean, they did an announcement, so probably have no plans whatsoever, but you know, I, I love that. I mean, we have 20 years to Kylo's fall. I mean, you, you, yeah. it'd be cool to, I'd watch a cartoon on Luke. You could have the voice yeah. actors. You could still have everything. You'd see Grogu every once in a while and maybe Grogu leaves and goes on a side mission. Then the next week he's in a live action. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't there's only now 11 new projects that we know about. So why not fit in a 12th or 13th? Like it's going to happen. That's the thing. So that leads into Good, the very care. last thing that, that we'll talk about is yeah, we get the end credits and we get Jabba's palace where it's like, 
what <laughs> what's going on right now because it wasn't like last season where the dark saber pops up like pretty much immediately after it's not after the credits or anything it just kind of it it goes back to moff gideon with this one it's like they show all the credits which i think is great that way you can see who was in it and and who made it and and everyone that actually does get that credit and then we get java's daughter's favorite part yeah yeah staring at the artwork and listen to the mando theme like that's that's what they love to i wasn't on twitter and when it ended i was like this is weird. Why is it like quiet? I mean, like, is it because it's just that end moment? It was so suspenseful. And so we streamed it from my wife's phone and she's sitting there and she goes, so it looks like there's about seven minutes left. Do you want to, is there something at the end? And I was like, what? Yeah, must be. Yes, we could watch. Right, so yeah. And then, so we <laughs> watched and then yeah, Tatooine. That's Brian, our friend Brian texts me. And that was the first thing I got when I woke up was the end credit scene all in caps. And I was like, oh, okay, well, now I know I definitely have to watch that. In my head, and I've been talking about it forever, my weird like wild card who I thought might show up for whatever reason, mainly because Eunice Suotamo has really been hyping up Mando all season, was that Chewie was going to show up in some capacity. So in my head, when Brian texted me that, I was like, Oh my God, is that, is it going to happen? <laughs> and so we get to Jabba's palace and I'm like, uh, and then you clearly know that someone's coming. And I was like, uh, but then I hear the the blasters. And I was like, that's ah, probably not chewy. And then we get Boba Fett and Fennec Shan. And this is where it gives us these two in a, a way that we really haven't quite seen them on camera yet. I mean, we haven't got to know them very well, but yeah, Boba and Fennec, they were part of the gang, you know, they were, they were helping out the good guy, but it makes you forget that no, like they're both they're bounty hunters and like Boba Fett was not a good guy. He was a villain. And so they walk in Bib Fortuna is in there on the throne on Jabba's throne. And yeah, I want to know what he's been up to. And like, is he, did he take over for job? There's a lot of questions, but yeah, they come through. And, it, and it, he sounded like a different, an actor that was in this season already, like either, I don't know that voice. Like if he was the guy that played the weak way in the, in episode one or we, the voice sounded so familiar. Like, like he was a different character. I didn't sound like Bib Fortuna to me. It could have been, I mean, it's, it's been what, five years or so, but he also said McClunky. Did you catch that? He said, yeah, McClunky. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was really good. Yeah. I thought McCl- McClunky was a good, good call that they threw that in there. Yeah. They take him out. I love that Fennec Shan frees the Twi'lek that's, that's there as a slave. I feel like that was such a great touch to it was that she shoots the chain and then gives her the little nod, like, Hey, get out of here. Like you're free. So, you know, that they're, they're not all bad, you know, they still have a little bit of that in them. So, yeah, and then oh, there's another rancor in there. Yeah, could be. And then yeah, they replaced it. <laughs> yeah. Boba takes the throne, and Fennec grabs a drink, and then we get the the drop that the book of Boba Fett is coming December of next year. So whew, a lot, a lot went down, and yeah, it was it was emotional. It was crazy. It was good. I you know I I hope next season. I loved, I loved the cameos. I love that season two was the season of cameos. We're going to get all these shows that are going to be, be based off of this story with Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka revolving around this too. I love that we got all that, but yeah, season three, it looks like we are going for Mandalore and that's just really, really exciting to see how din continues his development and where he goes and is he going to take the throne of mandalore you know is he gonna get beat by bo katan is someone else going to take the dark saber from him there's so many so many options moff gideon's still alive how does he get out i hope he plays a big role again so yeah i don't know i'm uh i'm excited for the future and it'll be here we say it's a year away but it'll be here so fast and before we know it we're gonna have shows just every month throughout for a couple of years, at least on Disney plus. So just really exciting time right now. Yeah. We get the higher public novels will be out and everyone will get to read those and be excited to usher in a new wave of Jedi and, you know, see that come to fruition. And then we got bad batch in March. I don't know if they've released how many seasons or episodes are in, in episode, season one or not, but um, yeah, it's yeah. coming up soon though. Pull us back in real soon and 
you know, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how all these shows are going to, I just don't think that they could Rangers and Ahsoka could be that far away. Like I just, I don't see that being a 2023 show or a 2022 show almost. I feel like it has to be 21 or at least one of them. And then Boba Fett and Mando both. I mean, they're both because Mando got usually starts in October. We've known from season three that it's pushed back to Christmas now. So now, like I said, what we talked about earlier, Mando and Boba Fett are going to be running at the same time. Which right. is great, but like I feel like Ahsoka can't be twenty two. It just can't be. Yeah, and especially if it's a limited series, I think that it'll be sooner rather than later. So I could see it being a four episode, one season type deal, or six episodes, or eight, or whatever. But yeah, it's it's amazing. Obi Wan's supposed to be out in twenty one, right? No, they just start shooting in January, so it'll be at least okay. twenty two. But yeah, it it's amazing what they can do with the volume that that behind the scenes season one gallery stuff of all the things that they shot in the volume it seems like they can really get the content out (laughs) quickly and which is good and bad it can be bad but i'm gonna take i'm gonna take everything that we can get and i'll be i'll be happy with it there's gonna be stuff that obviously like i kind of said last week with everything that's coming out it's just good that there should be something for everyone to enjoy. You don't have to like it all. That's totally fine. And hopefully with the amount of stuff that's coming out, if they go 7 of 10 or if they go 1 of 10 and you liked one thing, that's good. So, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be eating very well here very shortly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up our instant reactions that this season was was crazy doing one of these every week and it's been challenging to it's it's always a thing of you record on the same day and then two days later you're like oh i really should have talked about this or you know i didn't think about this or you know more things come out but i think it's been really fun to to do these and and get them out the following day and yeah thanks everybody for listening to all our mandalorian episodes this season it went very fast and it's bittersweet that it's that's over but yeah give us a little rest between now and bad batch and whatever else 2021 has in store so thank you again for joining us and you can follow the show on twitter at force time pod you can follow us on instagram at force time pod you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and until next time may the force be with you Yeah.